man's skin peeled off in rare reaction to the Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine. Now, the reason I picked the, this article specifically is because a couple episode, episodes ago, uh, Josh and I spoke about, you know, Scarborough, a, a very well-known TV host or, or show host. Um, he likes to get very political, but he said something that Josh and I, you know, both, uh, well, it, it was just stupid for him to say. And as to essentially feel like people should be rushing to get this vaccine. And if you don't, you're dumb. You know, and here's a perfect example of what Josh and I were saying, right? We're saying, hey, like we should pace ourselves because we don't know what kind of reactions people can have. In fact, Josh was saying that he knows someone that, could, you know, can have a deadly reaction, right? Mm-hmm. And, you exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. They're, uh, yeah. Allergic. Yeah. And here's a, here's a, here's a perfect example of that. This just happened by the way, March 30th. Right. And, and by the way, let me show you viewer discretion advice, by the way, these, these photos are, are brutal. Um, so the article reads a Virginia man suffered a rare reaction to a COVID vaccine, uh, that caused a painful rash to spread across his entire body and skin to peel off. Doctors said Richard, uh, Treyer 74 of a gold began suffering strange symptoms four days after receiving one of one dose, excuse me, of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. So I'm going to go down. Here it is. Oh, yeah. geez. It is brutal, man. It is brutal. For those of you guys listening on the podcast, essentially the guy looks like he got burned. Maybe like it's just red and like a really bad suntan in combination with like getting hives for those of you guys ever gotten hives or getting like a, um, you know, like a reaction to some kind of leaf or plants. And then his body just looks inflamed. Like, yeah. you know, it's like the color of a horseradish basically. Yeah. It's there we go. Horrible. Oh, it is brutal, man. It is really brutal. And you know, uh, from what I saw there on the article, there's no immediate explanation, you know, definitive rather, as to saying, hey, why this happened or this was expected. Um, you know, like always, you guys can can look up these articles yourself. But in a nutshell, they're saying that, you know, this information has been passed over to Johnson & Johnson. They are aware. And essentially, hey, we'll look into it really is what they're saying. But I wanted to touch base here real quick to show you guys, you know, an example of why Josh and I said what we said on the last episode, because we don't want anybody coming at us saying, you guys are no vaxxers and you guys are being irresponsible. Stop it. We're not. We're just being realistic here. This is a very real, very real outcome to some people. Is this going to happen to everyone? No, I don't believe that. Do you believe that? No, 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 no. Of course not. Right. Of course not. But, you know, just this is why we're saying it. You know, I think uh, we need to pace ourselves. And, and when I mean ourselves, I mean just everybody in general and seeing as these cases come out and what these creators of the vaccines, right? In this case, Johnson and Johnson have to say about it. Right. And we can, ha- we can know, Hey, a vaccine versus B vaccine, um, Hey, a tends to have more maybe reactions, but it's more effective. So, you know, the risks, right. And you yourself can weigh these risks. I mean, that's really all it is. And we're not trying to be like Joe Scarborough and be like, Oh, you're just stupid. If you don't take it, if you don't go in right now, take it. No, we're not, we're not saying that at all. But now let's move on to the next story. And that is uh, coming out of the insider. 
Headline, I am an Amazon delivery driver who's had to pee in water bottles and eat lunch in my van. I hate the new surveillance cameras and feel like I'm always being watched. Now, I picked this one. I was telling Josh. Um, I used to work for Amazon as a contractor, delivering for a partner of theirs, I should say. Not for Amazon directly as an employee, but for a partner. I used to go in the mornings to their warehouse and pick up, you know, my, my, my van, load my van, first of all, and then, you know, go out and deliver these packages. Now, to be fair, I wasn't there at the peak, peak seasons, which are usually like Christmas time, which I know it's really, really bad for a lot of these drivers. And you know what, even if, even if I wasn't there during the peak seasons, I, this actually just, you know, resonates with me because, um, I'll say it right now. I did all this. I ate in my van and I peed in bottles. That's right. That that's an image you'll never get out of your head again. That's right. I did that. Did I ever take a dump in the back of the truck? No. But I'm going to tell you guys another story. I almost came close. Almost came close, man. It was bad. There was, there was wow. a little kid somewhere out there that was about to receive. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> a big turd. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm joking. It's a joke. Calm down. Um, no, it was bad, man. Like it was sometimes, you know, you know, as the article says, by the way, um, uh, you're out there sometimes remote, like in the middle of nowhere, even in San Diego. Yes, there are remote areas where it's just not realistic to just go to the gas station. Like some people would try to say, in fact, this article had some comments of people saying, well, you know, you can always find a restroom. They're everywhere nowadays. <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about. So let me read a little bit of the article. After four years of working in an Amazon warehouse, I applied to be a delivery driver. I wanted to be a driver because I thought I would have a lot more freedom and wouldn't have to deal with the uneven management style in the warehouse. Uh, side note, I think that's a really bad reason to become a driver. Uh, yes, you have more freedom. Yes, I can say that you are, quote unquote, your own boss in terms of like your breaks and stuff like that. But trust me, you're going to be watched. Those cameras are, are watching you. If you're going to pick your nose to get something out of there, they're going to know. It's just the nature of the beast, right? Um, so no, I don't, I don't think that's a really a good reason. But anyways, that's, that's what uh, Angel uh, Rajel, or Rajal excuse me, uh, said in the article. He continued and said, I started uh, driving in July in the middle of the pandemic in a class, classic Amazon van, but I've enjoyed being in a customer-facing role compared with the distribution center. He added that, but during the holiday season, I was uh, targeted in attempt robberies and have had people follow me while uh, on my route. That never happened to me, but it's very true. I heard it from other drivers. Um, in fact, there was, has been other articles of vans completely, like the entire van, not just the contents of the van, the vans just not being there anymore. Like the driver comes out and it's like, where the hell is my van? That is very, very real. You have to understand that a lot of these vans, depending on the time of day, they're carrying thousands of dollars worth of, worth of, uh, of, of goods. You know, um, I've ordered things like, uh, and hell, actually I'm looking at the whole office now. Most of the stuff in this office came from an Amazon van, right? Um, this mic, that light, my AC system that I have in here, which was $450, tons of things in here. This speaker, which is out of the focus of the camera, but you know, it's 250. Imagine what else other people order, right? Just thousands of dollars. So if one van gets jacked and these thieves, you know, 
with the whole organized crime and everything, if they are really organized, they, they just hit jackpot, right? So the article also said that the time <clears throat> inside of the van comes with its own pains too. You're in a packed to the brim vehicle for more than 10 hours a day, are expected to deliver up to 400 packages. That is true. And each package is expected to be delivered within 30 seconds. Mm, I mean, that's on paper. Is that, does that, that's not how long it takes you? Not really. No. Are some uh, delivery uh, personnel faster than others? Yes. I've never been a slim dude. You know, right now I'm 260, 265. Even when I was thinner back then, uh, this is about two and a half years ago, maybe 240, 230. And I'm not just, a, I'm just not a fast, slim guy. I remember working with some dudes that they were just, you know, they looked like, I don't know, man, they had had like, like, in like 10 Red Bulls and they were always like, like, like they were like freaking flash, you know? So yes. And they would pick up more. They were very energetic and, you know, good for them. They didn't get paid more, which I, I always felt kind of bad for them, but they were like delivering like it was no one's business. They probably delivered the 400 plus packages in under 30 seconds. An average guy, I consider myself to be an average guy in that, in that case, got the package, walked it over as fast as I could and walked it right back. Did I run back and forth? No, I didn't run back and forth. The one time that I tried to run back and forth, you guys would have freaking left. Why? Because I ate shit. I, I fell right on my ass. Um, and at that point I'm like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Right. I'm not going to, when I was training actually with a guy fell right on my ass, like those comedic, like you slip and go whoop, right on the ass. I'm like, uh, no, I'm yeah. done, dude. No, I'm sorry. Amazon. I'm sorry. This package is not that important. Anyways. So what this guy is saying is, is very damn true. Um, he then concluded to say that the route to, and this is key by the way, sometimes take you to rural areas where public bathrooms are out of reach, which is what I was saying. Now, what he doesn't say here, which to all my uh, uh, Amazon or existing Amazon delivery drivers that maybe watch this, I know my cousin watches and I, maybe he can comment. You comment and let me know if they're still what they used to be, which is like a freaking joke. Like these routes, man, like you look at it, right? And you're like, who the hell? Like it looks like a four-year-old with a crayon design your stops where you have streets, Right. And you can go back and forth on a street like four times if you follow the freaking route. Now, I, I get it. You know, this is a machine, blah, yada, yada. But you're Amazon. You're, you're arguably one of the most successful slash richest companies on the face of the earth. Like this should be your, your, your like main focus is to make sure that these routes are efficient, right? I mean, I've spoken to UPS delivery drivers and they have like this whole system where they only turn, only turn rights because they've, they've discovered over decades that they've been in business that tr actually drivers turning left causes more accidents. Like that's how uh, granular they've gotten with their routing. Right. Yeah, I know. I, I, another driver told me that, that, um, yeah, he was, uh, going to work at a, at a UPS and during his training and, and finding out and all that, he found out that, you know, that's how detailed they are with delivering stuff. Again, drivers out there comment on me though. Let me know. But Dude, going back to the Amazon stuff, it's a freaking mess, man. It's it's just a complete joke. Like, you have to, as a driver in the morning, you get what these color bins, and they're like these color bins. Like they they fold up as well once you're done with them, and they have stuff in them. I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna lie, dude. Some of these bins are extremely heavy, like more than the normal 30, 35 pounds that mo most jobs require you to be able to carry. Like they're heavy, where you have to get stuff out, or they have like two items, three items inside. 
and you're like, what the hell is this? Like, it's just, it's a mess. But the, 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 yeah. the part that may be illegal, which is what I teased at the beginning, I do think, I understand that some people are going to be like, oh, you know, you just, you just deal with it. As a man that came from working in cable, shout out to all my cable techs out there. Dude, you have to sometimes pee, and I've heard of some people having to go number two and eat with like dirty ass hands in, in your own truck sometimes or in a company vehicle, doesn't matter, where you're basically sitting there and if you share the vehicle, sometimes sitting on other people's sweat and stink, but you cannot stop and go and eat somewhere because it's not within your route. You know what I'm saying? Like if you have a route between houses, I mean, you have to maybe get out of these communities, right? And go find somewhere to mm. eat. No, you can't do that. Like you can, but there's going to be backlash, right? Because now you're taking more time to go and it's all part of your route. And that's another thing that I do think it's illegal. So here's how I used to work in cable and how I worked on Amazon. You want to take your 30 minute lunch, Josh? Cool. Take it. Let's just say you're in a community in a neighborhood. It starts from the mm. moment you want to take it. So that means that the drive time that you have to get out, now imagine doing this in Ciudad Mexico, where it's a desmadre. Uh, oh, getting out of a community, dude. You know, car in front of you, park, you're beeping, you're like, you know, that's all part of your lunchtime. Then you finally get to mm -hmm. like a corner, hole in the wall place to eat real quick, right? And then you're trying to get your order, you get your food. Now you have to drive back to get back on route. That is all on your time. Now, tell me that's how that's that not illegal. Now, it may not be illegal, to the, to the letter of the law, like they say, right? A pie de la letra, like, sure. It's like they're providing you 30 minutes. So they're like, oh, well, go find your lunch. It's not like you're in an office. It's not like if you and I were in our offices, right? Or in one of our, you know, any, any, any office or right here at home. And you're, you're going to stop working. And then you're going to say, hey, John, then I'm going to go take my lunch. Cool. You go to your kitchen or maybe even you go somewhere, you know, in your neighborhood to get lunch and come back. That makes sense. You get right back to your desk. But mm -hmm. how does that make sense to apply that same logic to someone that is inside a neighborhood? I've been in communities, man, where I have to wait for the gate to be open, you know, by someone that lives there, by the office. Again, all this time and then find a place to park these big ass vans. I mean, if you're looking at the van right now, where is that? We had a picture of it just a minute ago. Here we go. Right? You don't just park these. You think you might be able to park these in any parking spot. You know, well, either someone's going to hit you or you're going to hit someone with those big ass doors. Right. Anyways, my right. point is, man, that at least in my criteria, you let me know your opinion, but in my criteria, it is, it is, you know, walking a very fine line. Right. And what's illegal. And I think Amazon has taken advantage of that. Absolutely. I'm, com I completely agree. I think the human resources for Amazon need to be fired or need, need to have something done about them. Cause that's not right. I mean, like if someone's package arrives five minutes late, cause the guy had to take or had to take a quick bathroom bake or eat me as a consumer, I'm fine with that. Unfortunately, there are a lot of consumers who are a bunch of crybabies mm -hmm. who, when they don't get what they want on time on the same day, they freak out. They lose their, their they lose their minds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a problem from both Amazon and us as a consumer. We just want, want, want now, now, now. Yeah. So we just have to remember these are still people who are doing a job. We can't just expect something because, you know, these guys need to eat. They need to go to the bathroom. They need basic human rights. Damn right. Is that not fair enough? 
damn right, man. You know, half of these people that are ordering packages that are whining about their package being late probably couldn't do these jobs. You know, the, mm -hmm. the UPS jobs, the Amazon jobs. And you know what? Amazon is a business. If they want to continue providing these great benefits to their members and, 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 and these promises that are somewhat outrageous of like same delivery. Hey, do you, mm -hmm. you're a private business, but you know what? Hire more. Oh, it's going to cost us more. Yeah. Oh, wah, wah, wah. Like, oh, well, dude, you want to promise all these outrageous benefits to your members? Fine, do it. But you're going to have to hire more people and stop putting 400, 500 packages. It is this, all this is 100% true. You know, I worked there. Yeah. No one can tell me like, what do you know? I have worked there. And again, I didn't work in peak season. I can't imagine mm -hmm. the crazy, you know, stuff that goes on, you know, when, when, when it's like, November-ish till December when people are ordering yeah. like crazy. I can tell you that I've been on both sides of the aisle. I think I've said it here before. Amazon was delivering here like daily, you know, and mm -hmm. because I didn't want to go on because of Corona. Right. So I contributed on both sides. I've, I've, I've worked there and I'm also a, a prime member. So if mm -hmm. I'm delivering, if I'm getting deliveries every day, I can't imagine anyone, anyone else. Right. And, and who's putting up with this, right. all these, all these drivers. So anyways, all right, let's move on to the next story. Um, and that is coming out, out of um, MSNBC, I think it was. Um, we have titled, Man Who Killed His Mom in 2002 Arrested in New York City Attack on 65-Year-Old Asian Woman. It said here that uh, Brandon Elliott, who uh, faces hate crime charges in the latest attack, is already on lifetime parole for fatally stabbing his mother, police said. So before we go on to our commentary, let's watch this quick clip. It's being called a hate crime assault, causing more pain in our Asian American community. That awful video showing a woman being brutally beaten while others stood by and just did nothing. But overnight, some relief, police announcing a new arrest in the case. And I want to warn you, the video you're about to see is disturbing. Overnight, police in New York City arresting the man they say was caught on surveillance video, brutally attacking a 65-year-old Asian woman in Midtown Manhattan. The suspect, identified as 38-year-old Brandon Elliott, now charged with felony assault as a hate crime. He's accused of violently kicking the woman to the ground and stomping on her head, all while shouting anti-Asian statements, according to police. The attacker then seen walking away as security guards in a nearby building stand and watch. The most painful part of that video was watching that man close the door on that woman. And I, I hope that as a country, we don't do the same thing. The Biden administration now launching new efforts to curb the growing violence, committing nearly $50 million to help AAPI survivors of violence and assault and $33 million towards studying bias and xenophobia. Attorney General Merrick Garland also announcing the Justice Department will conduct an expedited 30-day review, prioritizing criminal investigations and prosecutions. The disturbing wave of anti-Asian violence in all corners of the country has law enforcement experts concerned about copycat incidents. There are those who are out there um, doing it because they're seeing others do it, because it's getting the attention that it's been getting, and, and that is contributing to the numbers of uh, crimes that we're seeing. But on the ground, young leaders in local communities are speaking out, fueling new hope. I learned that we can make a difference. Like 12-year-old Korean-American Mina Fedor, who organized a rally here in California, 
bringing more than a thousand people together to demonstrate against anti-Asian hate. It is unfair that it is happening. And yeah, it makes me very sad and upset about this. And yeah, I just wanted to do something. What's your goal? What's your hope? Raising awareness, um, also raising youth voices for them not to be afraid to stand up for themselves and other people. Now, in all of this hate, Mina was just so inspiring to talk to. She told me she first started organizing last year after a family member of her was coughed on in public. She wanted to do something to make a difference. And meanwhile, in New York, the management of that apartment building where the attack occurred, they say the staffers who witnessed it and stood by and did nothing have now been suspended pending an investigation. They All right. want you to believe well, that I alone. I'm going to go ahead and pause this. All right. So I want to show you one more thing, okay? In that whole incident that you guys just saw, for those of you guys, you know, hearing on the podcast, essentially it was a, a few-minute uh, news broadcast from, um, I think, again, it was MSNBC, who, you know, talked about, detailed what you just heard, right? The violence against agent, agents in the community, and, you know, this man and, and, you know, the rapture he had. Okay. Notice something I want to bring up because while I've said this before very clearly on a previous episode, these murdering scumbags, these violent criminals to me are just POSs. Okay. They're not, um, they're not, I mean, to me, they're subhuman. I'm sorry. I have no respect, no empathy for these scumbags. All right. And what I don't want to hear anymore is the following race. I think here we did a good example. We focus on the victims. We focus on what we're doing. You heard what Biden is planning on doing. And then you heard, you know, the activists, you heard all this newscasting. Hey, we, we acknowledge the, the, the scumbag. Here's a name. Here's a face. Beware. We acknowledge that the guy definitely has just a habit for being violent against women, apparently against his own mother, which is disgusting. And that's good and all, but noticed, and I'm going to try to bring it up here. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to bring it up with a ad. Check this out. This is what I was telling Josh, right? Uh, now, I wish there was a way to show you guys this without this big San Francisco Chronicle ad in front of, in front of us. But I'm going to try to uh, fool the system, try to refresh it just to make my point and show you guys what I'm trying to show you. So this is about the man, the massage that killed eight people, right? The, the man who killed um, eight innocent individuals, right? In Georgia, massage parlors. If you, if, when I scroll down, hopefully the ad doesn't pop up, but when I scroll down, it's gonna show you what the first thing they focus on. And you tell me, Josh, if you, if you watch it, if you see it. What does it say there, well, Josh? there you go, it's in the first line, a white gunman. It. What does it say? A white gunman. Right? A white gunman. All right. I don't care what some of you guys might want to call me. Want to call me like some people have already come up very racist on, on TikTok and on other platforms calling me a coconut, a pick me, uh, a white sympathetic. I'm, I'm, dude, whatever, man. That's all racist. You're being racist. If that's what you're thinking and get, get out of here. But let's, for those rest of you guys that are going to be honest about the conversation I'm about to have with you. This is exactly why you have so many people divided. Again, notice that in the previous coverage, 
also by the mass, uh, also by a member of the mass media, right? MSNBC. Um, they're like, oh, a man. And they just refer to him as a man. What was he? It was a black guy, right? Who created this, the crime, the atrocity and stomped on a, on, a, on a woman, an older woman. Same black guy who killed his own mother, you know, but they only refer to him as a man, as a man. And again, I'm fine with that. I think if we're going to decide to stick, you know, get race out of the equation when we're covering these, these articles, fine. I'm all thumbs up. Does it matter, JT? It doesn't matter. You're, I would be, I'm with whoever's saying, does it matter that he's black? It doesn't. They're scumbag. I've said that before. So why does it matter here? Here's the San Francisco Chronicle. It's not as big as MSNBC, but San Francisco is also not like a tiny little place. Ah, there's the ad, right? It's, it's, it's pretty well known. And the first thing they focus on, like Josh has said, like in the first, for those of you guys listening on the podcast, the first thing is a white gunman was charged Wednesday. Josh, what do you think? Well, I think one thing is, is because that, that story before, everyone said it was a white guy, 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 and it turns out he's from Syria. No, no, no. This is the other one. No, that's, that's the other story. You're right. That's the Colorado one. This is the massage parlor one. So these are two different scumbags. The one you're referencing, right, the, the but, white guy? Yeah, that's the Colorado one. Right, but this, this, this still happened before today, right? Yeah, it did. And because of that Colorado one that happened and everyone's like, it's a white guy, it's a white guy, and it turns out he is from Syria. Right. I think that, that could be a reason why maybe they didn't mention race in this story because it was such a big cock-up that they made where it was like, it's a white guy, it's a white guy, it's a white guy. And then it turns out, it's like, oh yeah, he just looks white. Yeah. So maybe now the media have to change their language so that they don't make these false accusations against, against murderers, basically. Well, not false accusations, but instead of trying to feed us false information, basically. Right. Like inflate, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, inflate the narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. So us uh, as as you know, hosts of the JTH show, we're going to, we're going to call it out. And, you know, I want to make sure that we live this on the record in case a year from now, six months from now, someone tries to call us out for covering other unfortunate stories that we both know are going to come out. We need to call out when they are inflaming the narrative by calling out the race. It really, it really doesn't matter. And, and again, and we have to agree, right? I think those are not going to be uh, racially motivated and, and, you know, have their own private agendas because of politics. Those of us that are trying to use critical, uh, critical thinking, we have to agree. Is it going to matter or not? Right. Is it going to matter only when it's a white person and say, Oh, it's a white gunman, but it's not going to matter when it's anything, anyone else other than white. Right. So when is it going to matter? And, and to me, to me, it doesn't matter. Right. To me, it, these are just comebacks. We should cover we should cover the news because we should be aware as a society that these scumbags exist, but it really shouldn't matter what, what their race is. Right. Unless again, uh, I mean, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, unless it's really necessary or completely pivotal to what, to make this story actually make sense. Right. Then. Yeah. I mean, there's no need to mention someone's race when it comes to, 
I guess like murderers. Right. I guess yeah, but I guess like in in for instance, they had to they had to label the victim as a Asian American. Right. 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 Because it's Asian you know, hate. They had to. Right. Yeah. Exactly, because that's that's the whole point. The whole point of the, this story is uh, is the rise in hate crimes towards Asians. Right? Correct. I'm with you. I'm 100 mm-hmm. with you. Right. So uh, you're and you're right. By the way, when it when it when it's a, a pivotal key um, aspect of of the criminal, right? And an example, if we find out that this criminal was was targeting um, all all blacks or all whites or all Mexicans or all Latinos, period, right? Then we can say, hey, here is this, what pick your race, whatever, insert here, mm-hmm. uh, man or woman attacking Latinos or attacking white people or attacking black people, right? Then I'm with you. Then it matters. It's, it's part of the story that this person openly said, I'm targeting a race. And then, of course, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to mention it. But otherwise, personally speaking, I'm just calling out some of these, you know, major outlets for using that, that race card, you know, and I'm just saying, I see you and you should see it too. Everybody who's hearing this and watching this, you should pick it out too, you know, because again, and I'm going to call out, not that he'll ever see this, but Philip DeFranco, he's one of my favorite creators. Like I've been watching that guy probably for the at solid for the last 12 or 13 years. And I was a little disappointed because I've heard him say things like white guy, this and point out other stories but in this same article he covered, by the way, about, you know, the, the man being identified, he also just went with the, you know, traditional big media talking points, the man, the man. But I heard him, right, cover other scumbags. And if they happen to be white, he'll call them out for being white. So I was a little disappointed, mm-hmm. you know, because he's being, you know, as a guy that I thought was independent and was like us, you know, the guy kind of was, I don't know, I don't know, driven by the, maybe you just reading the, the talking points. I don't know. But that's one of those things that to me, at least, because again, I, 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 I practice when I preach a like critical thought. I, I, lo- I checked it out, right? Like I'm, we're watching the, 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 the articles here in front of us. That, they literally the first few letters, you know, it's like white man mm-hmm. or the first few words. I'm sorry. So anyways, uh, I, I, that's, that's my opinion on it. You know, I think I'm happy mm-hmm. that this comeback was caught. I hope uh, he rots in hell. It also kind of goes along with some of our episodes, previous episodes, we were talking about this guy is just going to be put away and on our dime. Should this guy face death penalty? Uh, this show is not long enough to talk about this. Probably not. I do feel that there's obviously some things that we don't know. It's like, why would this guy be allowed out after he murdered his mother, dude? Like, this is insane. Now, it could be that she was also a criminal and maybe it was a self-defense act. We don't know. Right. But without knowing much, it's like, whoo, this guy murdered someone and he's on parole in the street. Clearly does it again to another woman. This guy has a problem, right? We can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, going, going back to that point with, uh, Philip DeFranco, I think, um, well, he's just someone who's become comfortable with his audience and, you know, he has to homogenize a little bit to keep everybody happy. And that's absolutely fine. I get that. He he makes probably a very good living off YouTube, right? I mean, he's been doing it for 12 or 13 years, like you said, at least, right? Yeah. But um, I think w- what probably his biggest downfall is he's probably not trying to look outside of his privilege enough, I guess you could say, because he is white male. So instead of, instead of trying to 
understand the problems in which not only black Americans or African Americans or Asian Americans, instead of trying to understand those problems, which is really, really difficult. It's not, it's not the hardest thing in the world, not as hard as, you know, what those guys have to go through, like African Americans or Asian Americans in a lot of parts of your country. But, you know, it's still quite difficult and you have to be able to open up your mind and try and understand what the problem is so we can all be equals together. But instead, he's like, no, 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 I can't, I can't touch the topic. Right. I can't touch the topic. Yeah. Oh, I, thought, I, thought, I thought that's what you're referring to when he said privilege, like his, uh, his rich ass mm. privilege. Um, and again, well, yeah. I, I love the guy. Like, I really do. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't have to agree with him in every single thing to be a fan. Um, but, you know, it's a little disheartening to see that. I don't know. Like, um, like you said, you know, like we have to just because we feel sympathy for a group. Right. Um, if you're a white person, you have sympathy for the black community, the Latino community. It still doesn't mean that you cannot call out the inadequacies that exist. Right. Especially within the media. Right. Because blacks and Latinos and any other group, any other skin color can call it out for the white community. And that's OK. Like, that's OK. You know, for us here, we are two different people. I think I'm brown. I think you're white. There's still argue, arguably, right? <laughs> I might be right. But, you know, we can call out any community, Asian community, the black community. We can also praise the Asian community and the black community and the white community. There needs to be like an even balance, right? And then, like you said, I think there's that little unbalance there with him where he's like, Oh, I got to tread too carefully. I think you, yeah, I don't know what words you use here, but you, I think you, along the lines of like, because he doesn't want to like upset his, uh, his audience. Yeah. His content has become a lot more homogenized basically, right. just right. like bland baby food. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean, it's not a bad thing. I mean, the world needs baby food, right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Good point. All right, cool. Let's go on to the last article people out of the daily wire. Uh, this one came out yesterday, March 30th. Well, yesterday to my time, depending on when you're watching this, um, San Diego teachers provide in-person learning to migrant children while residents remain online. Now I'm very split when you read the headline, right? Cause part of my brain says, well, I mean, what else should these children be doing? There's a lot of them. They're not going to be sitting there for just a couple hours or a couple days for that matter. Some of them are going to be their house for, from what I understand, weeks. So is it better to just put them in front of some TV or put them to do like what? Nothing. We also know that children can get in trouble. They can start argument fights, no different than any other human being of any other age bracket. Um, or is it better to put them to do something educational, constructive? So my brain's like, yeah, that's good. Put them to do something constructive. And then the other side, it's like, hold on, dude, who is paying for this, right? Are we not overworking our teachers enough? Are we not stretching them enough? I am a gigantic, huge teacher advocate. I am pro teachers, right? Do I think all teachers are great? No, that's an absolute and that is moronic. Do I think many of them are fantastic and are being overworked? Yeah, not all, but many of them, right? And in my, again, that's a part of my brain that's like, yeah, so give them here, give them more work. And then I read the article, which is what we should all do, right? Now, 
Immediately, you find out that these are volunteers, actually. So the article goes on to say, teachers in the San Diego Unified School District are volunteering to teach unaccompanied migrant children in person while teachers, I'm sorry, while San Diego residents remain in a virtual learning environment. Now, obviously, this is the Daily Wire, right-leaning, and of course, they're trying to paint the picture of saying, well, if they get in person, you know, the migrant kids, of course, get the in-person uh, teaching while our poor children still have to remain uh, in a virtual <sighs> environment. Oh, my God, the treachery. I get it. Some parents in the U.S. can't wait for their kids, their regrets to go back to school because that's, let's face it, for many of them, not all, for many of them, you know, it's a way for them to get away from their children. And you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Not all parents are like me and my wife, where we are actually extremely happy and comfortable homeschooling on children and having them around all the time. I get it. I understand. I don't try to pretend like my life and my lifestyle fits everyone. So I get it. Some parents are like, please just go back to school. I can't stand you. Be someone else's problem for seven to eight hours. You know, I get it. But I'm also not going to sit here and completely blindly agree with Ben Shapiro and his news or his news, whatever website. No, like, dude, first of all, there are many children that actively already have gone back to in-person learning. Many private schools, actually, because they're private, they're not ran by the, by the government. They actually have in-person learning, right? These people are volunteering. And if they're volunteering, I would assume it's because they can probably squeeze it into their day. And I don't think this is the worst thing that we can do, especially when we're going to already house many of these migrant children for weeks on end. I rather see these children try to get some kind of, you know, progressive, constructive um, education, hopefully, right? Some time spent, better spent than just say, well, let's get all of them laptops or, or I don't know, all of them uh, tablets or all of them. Let's get, let's just put a big TV, right? I feel like this is a better alternative. Now, the article goes on to also say that the San Diego County's Office of Education has approved a program that would allow teachers to volunteer to instruct migrant children being held at the San Diego Convention Center. According to a report from Fox News, a county spokesperson told Fox News that the program will be available to children staying in the facility through July. So there, there's my point. It, they're going to be there for quite some time until July. Now understand that right now we're, we're what? A day away from April. So some of these children are going to be in there for a long time. And they're being, again, the teachers are being, it's on a volunteer basis. Um, so is it going to cost us more money? There's when I return to the other side of my brain. Because a lot of teachers, unfortunately, they already do. If you guys, so those of you guys don't know, don't know this, a lot of teachers already spend so much money out of their own pocket. Yes, it is BS. And I'm sure it's not just in the U.S. I'm sure it happens all over the world. But because these governments, of course, they give the appropriate amount of money, BS, of course, as well. Um, it goes to show on all their Mercedes and their BMWs that drive on the, for the administrators. Meanwhile, the teachers, many of them have to spend their own money to buy sometimes essential material, right? Because, oh, well, we don't have any money to spend. And it's been going on since I was a kid and I was in school. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but let me know if you know, if you remember teachers saying, all right, guys, 
you know, I bought these, so please be careful with them. Or, hey, you know, um, please don't take these home. These are, you know, I bought these for the, you know, that out of their own money. So anyways, this is, you know, bringing that back and asking, is this yet again another thing these teachers, because a lot of them, you have to understand, they're very passionate about their job. They are. Maybe you're not about whatever you do in life. But some of these teachers are. This is all that you ever wanted to do. So for a lot of them, they're like, Whatever, man, I'll spend the $30, $40 here to bring these kids, right, uh, pencils or to bring them markers, right? And you think the government's ever re refunding them? I, I highly doubt it. I hope so, but I highly doubt it, right? So right. anyways, that's that's my, my thought on it. I wanted to bring it to the forefront because I know there's a lot of, depending on who you're reading it from, in this case, we're reading it from the Daily Wire, you have a lot of division, right? Um, right. But I want to, again, for you guys to always use that critical thought and seeing both sides. So, Josh, what do you think? I think it's it kind of highlights something which is inherently sick in U.S. society. And it's people always talk about, oh, but who's going to pay for it? Who's going to pay for it, right? And it's like, yeah, well, it's obviously going to be the taxpayer. But let me just ask something. So you would prefer your tax dollars to go over to paying a war, which essentially kills hundreds or thousands of people daily, weekly, monthly. I don't know the statistics exactly in parts of the world that you think you know how to govern or according to your government, say, you know how to govern rather than give a smaller percentage to be able to give a kid the, the tools to be able to learn. What is wrong with you? Right. If you if you you don't do anything about the problem, you're part of the problem. Unfortunately, we can't just turn a blind eye to these things. Your taxpayers' dollars are going towards a military, which is there to protect you, or to free nations. Well, I think I think that's absolutely ludicrous. That you know people still still it might I don't know it might even be a, a tax hike of like I don't know five dollars. What's five dollars from every? What's the population of the U.S. Millions? Yeah, yeah. The thing is, yeah, I'm sure it's yeah, in the millions. No, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I absolutely get what you're saying. Um, I think, um, I guess it depends on who you talk to, right? You're talking to like a really mm. rich guy, you know. Um, of course, his number one worry will be like, is this coming out of my pocket? Again, I guess uh, when it comes to the spending, um, I get when other people also ask, like all the other bonuses and stuff like that we're giving to the rich, and they can be better spent, right? Excuse me. Um, mm -hmm. But anyways, you know that's um, yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. I guess I, I guess uh, we'll see how this pans out. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, cool. We'll see. All right. Uh, I think we are looking at our stuff. I think we're all good, right? Yeah, things. Yeah, that, that, that's the, it for me. That's a bit of stories. All right, guys, that's it for the stories for today. Uh, as always, thanks for, for joining. Thanks for, for listening. Uh, please, if, if you can take just a, a few seconds to hit the like button, leave a comment down below or grade us on any application you're listening on, please. It really, really helps. And then, again, um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know any other way to ask than to if you can just, you know, mind joining the show. Uh, it's about $4.99 a month. Uh, it would really, really help. It goes a long way. But uh, yeah, that's it for today. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. And until next time, see ya.